prayer. Love that verse, Matthew 21, my house be known as a house of prayer. So good. ready huh would you like this one and then you can also wander around if we decide to get our uh, our people involved do we reckon we're gonna put people on the spot today maybe i might do an outer call at the end altar call at the end yeah. oh hey how's that well altar call anyone that hasn't given their life to god and turned you can do that maybe Maybe. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Hey, it's uh, so great to have you all at church this morning, hey? So great to, to do community together. Um, I love what we've been singing this morning. All my life you've been faithful. I will sing of the goodness of God. It's great to be reminded of David and Goliath. Uh, if you're following through with us in the lectionaries, we are reading through Hebrews at the moment. And uh, we're in that passage in Hebrews 11. Uh, and it's just going through reminding us person after person after person heroes of our faith we didn't actually get to uh to any of our readings this morning so would you mind uh if i got m can you put up those two hebrews readings we're going hebrews eleven twenty nine, uh all the way through to 12 verse 2 um it's it'll be up on the screen up there or up there quentin you feel free to read feel free to read off the screen thanks man by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after their army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and uh, Zephtah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, admi administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to the strength and who became powerful in the battle and wrote, uh, rooted foreign ar armies. Women received back their dead, raised to um, life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an ever better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute persecuted and mistreated the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised since god had planned something better for us so that only together with us uh, would they be made perfect Let's keep going with the next uh, Hebrews. Yeah, there. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah, it's good. So that was in our Hebrews, uh, that was in our lectionary readings for this week, that reading out of Hebrews. Um, who came to church last week? Who was here last week? Stick your hand up. We got to hear Bruce uh, share last week on the first half of this passage on faith. And um, I want to continue and develop and move forward here at the church. Um, I want to build upon what Bruce has actually uh, started for us. And so I think, Bruce, you did three retypes of that sermon. Yeah, just thank you so much. It takes a lot of effort to get up on stage here and share and on such a difficult topic as faith. Um, so Bruce spoke about the ethereal or the, the sort of, um, you know, intangible aspects of faith. Today we're wanting to bring it up and go, okay, well, actually, let's, let's ground it a little bit more. Let's look at what practical elements are made up in faith. And so I've invited Quentin up here this week uh, to share us with us a bit of his faith journey um, so that we can maybe touch on a bit of that. Uh, what does it practically mean? How does living out in faith um, work out? If you don't know Quentin, uh, great guy, and his story will intersect with that. Quentin, uh, just to get you comfortable up here, thanks for reading out that passage before. Mate, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, tell us about your family. Okay, so Damo asked me to come and sort of tell a little bit about myself and testimony and stuff, and I think I can't pack it all in even in a, maybe in a, even in an hour. So I'm going to try and snuck it and get to the point. I've got a few points here, but tell us know, about your family. Just, just there you go. your family. Okay, my family. <laughs> um, it's me. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. I should have started with a uh, favourite football yeah, team. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and my wife, Gulia, and um, I've got three kids, and they were all born in Australia. And Where are you from originally? From South Africa. Lovely. Mm. And how long have you been in Australia now for? I've been here since 2008, and uh, I've been back briefly for about four years in 2014 to 2018, and I'm back again for four years. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Whereabouts are you living at the moment? I'm living in Witchcliffe. Um, we built our little dream home there. I'll say little. It's yeah. It's a good home. Good, good block. And I'm very, I'm very blessed. It was uh, um, quite one of those faith moments as well. I went to Sunday school actually to Peter's Sunday school, and we had a bit of a prayer time there. And we just uh, sort of shared about what are you trusting God at the moment? And I said, well. I'm trusting God. Um, I don't know if I should buy this block. And we prayed, and the rest was history. And I actually went there that Sunday, and I actually changed the block. And then it all just fell in place. And that was literally at the bottom just before COVID hit. And if I try and do that now, I it wouldn't there's have no way yeah. it worked. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so as we continue and move forward at the church, I'm aware that the Australian context is changing. Um, the old school from the pulpit at the front, the authority of Scripture being proclaimed is sort of giving way to this idea of a vibrant faith community uh, where our doctrine and beliefs are all held in common, uh, taught appropriately from the front, of course, um, but also giving uh, the opportunity for actually, what do you believe? What is it that you guys believe about this? And so that's why we've got Quentin up here today. Um, 
Because I want to give us all the opportunity to actually feed into, hang on a second, what is faith that we have here this morning? Um, so it's so great to have you up here, Quentin. Thank you for, for starting to get us uh, open to this idea. We've also got this other um, set of verses uh, in our lectionary out of Luke 12, verses 49 uh, to 56. So um, can I get somebody from the, um, the congregation to read that out? It'll be up on the screen. You got that, uh, Luke, reading it? Do you want to read it out for us, Mon? Cool, Luke twelve forty nine through to 56. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on there will be five in one family, divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? It's a great comment on culture at the end there. But um, thanks, Terry. Um, I'd love just to um, to see where that intersects with your uh, your faith story, Quentin, because um, as we were talking, as we were prepping, you felt, hang on, I really want to bring out um, something about this Luke 12 passage. For me, I was like, oh, the, the heroes of your faith are a big deal for me. But um, let's see, uh, do you want to tell us about how, how did you actually come to faith? When, when did you first go, all right, this is where I sort of became interested, and when was that moment where you actually know I am a Christian and I will call on Christ. Tell me about that. Okay. So I sort of gave my life to Jesus. That's the term we used or turned to God when I was about probably 11 years old, I think. We had lots of church camps and, and South Africa has got a quite a solid Christian um, network, I would say, and, and outreach. Um, I went to Sunday school, youth events, um, and I love the way God's word and his people actually made me feel in that sense. I wandered away high school um, around when I was 15, drinking, smoking, etc. Uh, and I uh, this is sort of where um, the Luke thing came in. M my parents were always fighting, you know, there was never peace in my house, verbal abuse, um, sort of my dad's side, my mum's side. And um, there was also, and at that time, I think my mum wasn't saved yet. And that's the term we used, I, I don't know, um, probably more um, Pentecostal, if, if you want to call it that. Um, and there would be not talking for weeks in my house because of anger, explosions, and yeah. So they divorced at 17 when I was 17. So I was brought up in a fairly, what we would have termed in that sense, a poor home. You know, we didn't have much, you know, so it was three boys of us. And sort of with all that pain and um, 
that w uh, that upbringing, I, I think it was probably a, r a recipe for you know for failure in some sense. You know, so as easily um, would have leaned towards drugs, alcohol, etc. Even though my parents loved us very much, and I we knew that it was always there was never a loving environment in that sense. Um, my eldest brother became a chartered accountant, and I sort of became what I became. And my youngest brother dropped out of school, and then. Uh, I went to uni, studied all sorts of, um, yeah, I, s I studied science, computer science and stuff. I thought oh, I was going to be the smart guy. I was really out of my depth. I was sitting with these guys in a room, just, you know, I just realised this is not me, you know. And But um, I think what I'm trying to say is I was so lost and, yeah, I got swept around like a, you know, like a boat on the ocean, I thought, and I really don't have... I didn't have any idea, really, where it was or where I was going. So who drew you back in? Who connected you Getting in? Getting there. <laughs> so struggle to study, just always um, no purpose, no vision. And many distractions, wrong friends. And even though I always knew he loved me and he was with me, um, but at that stage I was just running away uh, from pain, and just wanted to have fun, really. And and through this struggle, he was constantly working my heart, reaching out to me. And the hostel I was in was actually a lot of Christians, and I, they sort of pray for guys, uh, you know, guys like us, just the rebels, you know. And at that stage, I thought I met my wife at 20, but clearly not. But it was also a pinnacle point in my walk and the first time ever that I actually had to follow him in faith and in between the pain. You had to make a choice. I had to make a choice, yeah. So, but it was pretty evident, but he clearly indicated, I want you, for the first time in my life, I realized at about 20, I want you to go this way. Mm. And I had to choose that because I could have just gone, nah, I'm, you know, and the rebel I was, I could have just gone, mm. nah, I'm going this way. Mm. So I chose that way. I chose his way, I have to say, okay? And I followed him in that faith. And in the pain, there was just excruciating because there was a lot of things, you know, there was a lot of stuff just so not right. Just I've, so we've talked at depth, and I don't want to betray any confidence, mm. um, but we're sort of talking up here still. Let's bring it back down. So there was a there was a specific moment where actually you needed to make a decision about who you were going to be around, and then there was a specific moment where you were like, actually, mm. this is what I want you to do, even for a job, for a profession, for a career mm. in that realm. Tell us about those two things. Well, at that stage, it just... Everything, my eyes just opened. At the age of 20, I just kind of said, where am I? I'm nowhere. Even though I sat with some of the smartest people in the room and really good leaders in a hostel, and, you know, you can't even... That host hostel, you can't get in there. I got in there through my brother that was chartered accountant, and I was studying commerce at the end. And um, the bottom line, what I'm trying to say is I was surrounded by leaders and people that actually love God, but there was also a lot of them that didn't. But it, it grounded a fun foundation in my life that I said, but I want to be like that. Those guys, how they follow Jesus. So good, so good. So, 
So this is what we're this is where we're connecting in with uh, in amongst it all. We've got this Hebrews 11 idea. All of these champions of the faith that have gone before us, and then you go, hang on a second. I like what I see in that person. I like what I see as they're standing up or being faithful. Mm. Can you? It might be hard because we didn't talk about this. Mm. Can you think of one thing that you saw in one of those leaders that you were like, actually, that that was a faith-filled step from them? And hang on a second. Before I ask him that and get him to answer that, I'm going to throw it out to us. I want you guys to think of one person that you have seen in your life and you've gone, hang on a second, in that moment, they laid down what they wanted and they acknowledged, hang on a second, this is what I need to do to be faithful to God. There was a guy, Van Thun was his name, and he was... Uh, the leader of the what we call the spiritual committee, but that sounds just weird. It's just a Christian committee in the in the hostel, and they they had ministries, you know, like prayer ministry or music or whatever. And he started walking the road with me, and obviously realized, well, they all thought I had a, like a Paul conversion, you know, like from black to white almost. Okay, mm. so he all he was, um, yeah, while well he gave me music and sort of just. Um, be there and he surfed with me and we went always surfing and we prayed before we surfed it's good and that would have been his faith step to say hey i'm going to pray with you always yeah so good so i look back he was and then he he included me in that group and he said you do the worship i said mate i can't even play instrument yeah he saw something in your heart and he said i'm going to take a step of faith on you so good. All right. I'm going to let Quentin just chill for a second. Let's bring it down to the floor. As I ask Quentin, um, there was somebody in his life who stood up for him or said this is or stu- who stood up for God. Is there somebody who, as I mentioned that to you guys, immediately there was somebody who said, yep, I know a faithful person and this is a story that I want to share about that person that came to mind. I know there's got to be at least one. We'll start you off easy because this is my wife. Um, my grandma, um, on my mum's side, uh, she was married to a extremely um, difficult man, um, and she, her faith as a as a wife and how she treated others despite um, the the emotional pain that that she came under. Uh, was absolutely incredible and I always look at her as an example um, the, the top example the pinnacle where I go man if if she could cling to her faith the way that she did to get her through um, her life that that's just an example for me and I, I always strive to to be like her and mm. I fail um, every day Let's keep going around the room because I'm sure that there are people who have experienced the faith of others just being expressed. And it's interesting, as Miriam shared then, she didn't share about, um, you know, one giant moment that this is the faithful story like we read in Daniel or we read with David and Goliath. It is an everyday, slow-moving faithfulness in under pressure. Ryan, thanks, mate. What have you got to share? Yeah, one jumped out really quickly um, when I was... I don't even know how old I was. 
uh, it was in year 2000, so a while ago now, uh, early 20s, 2021. Um, I was working on a mine site. I was dating a girl at the time who was in Japan and we just separated and I lost the job on the mines that was sort of a bit of my identity at that time. So I felt like the world was falling apart as a 20-year-old and uh, I was not in a great way and, and was having a bit of a, a boo-hoo month. And um, when I finished the last shift at this mine site and came back to Perth and uh, with this world falling apart, I remember talking to um, a, a chap uh, at our church at the time, Pastor Glenn Davies, and he'd only just taken on the role just within that week of being the youth pastor there. And so he did, was doing the right thing and he was a few years older and we're chatting and I'm just laying out all these terrible moments. This is what's happened and my life sucks and this has happened and I don't know if I want to do this and I don't have a purpose and my life's over with this work. And he, he, I was expecting this big cuddle and a, you know, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but he literally just turned to me, put his hand on me and said, awesome, you can come and run a youth ministry with me. And we, we did seven years of youth ministry together from that point and there was how I met my wife and um, yeah it was awesome it was a bit of one of those I see something in you let's go do this moments and it's, and it's interesting right because um, he would have had to have um, he would have had to have taken a faith step to actually say hey I see something in you that I, I think God is going to use And isn't it the same for all of us where we go, you say, I'm not, I'm not youth group material, I'm not whatever. But it's the same for all of us. When God starts with us, are we actually where we need to be? Um, I love, uh, I've got a whole heap of notes and I'm not sure we're even going to get there. What time are we going? Does that say it's quarter past already? Oh, oh I'd love to keep going. Um, let's, do we, where do we want to go? Do we want to hear one more story from the floor or do we want to bring it back to Quentin? One more story? Quentin? Okay, we're going back, we're going back to Quentin. Okay. Um, okay. Quentin, tell us, tell us about um, the intersection of when you're like, okay, I am now standing and I'm going to walk in faith with God. Mm. You told us about how you didn't um, understand the... Sorry, that's just interference from the uh, St. John's Ambulance is what that is. Um, we'll sort that out later. Hey, um, it was... It was pretty surreal, you know. I I couldn't get away from it, you know. The way God worked in me was, he was powerful. You know, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get out. I couldn't get in. I couldn't. He just had me there, and he just worked with me. So then, I gave my, you know, gave my heart, gave my life to God at various church occasions, probably in that year. And then I got baptized in the ocean with a wetsuit on, with my two of my friends and my brother. Yep. And after that, a guy came and prayed in my room and he said, oh, have you been baptized in the Spirit? I said, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And he prayed with me. I spoke, I spoke in tongues and all that. And it is sort of after that moment, after the baptism and the two baptisms, I sort of started moving. It's, it's almost like a flame came on me and I just, I was on fire. You know, yeah. just a lot of evangelizing, a lot of... Um, I was on that group and we, we started the first ever, so it was a quad where we played cricket in. So I started the first ever quad worship. And the first worship... Is it mine? I'm on mic too. 
Keep going, mate. So first quad worship was in the rain, and they're still doing it today, which is pretty amazing. And that's from someone that had, oh, I learned how to play guitar in the, yeah, in that time by myself in my room. Can I, um, can I, can I cut across? Can I ask you a question about, um, so you, you raised a point earlier where you said actually you're having trouble in amongst your family relations in between your mother and your dad mm. and your brother. Um, now, as Christ drew you into that Christian community, as you were drawn into relationship in that community, God was working on you and telling you that you actually needed to be different in certain ways. Um, as we were sharing before, you were, you were telling me about uh, occasions in amongst the family where actually you needed to step up and you needed to count the cost of what it was to be a Christian in that family situation. Can you tell us something about that? Well, after this whole journey at, at uni, I went back home, which was quite a... Um, distorted house, if you call it. My mum and dad was divorced because of um, financial difficulty. She was um, living with him and another woman, and my brother fell in there, and he he was just lost, just smoked weed, and just lost. And the music he listened to, and we pretty much strangled each other almost because my spirit completely bounced against his. And then me, me and my mum just go to church, and we were the, you know, the little nerds really if you want to call it that and I had to stand up against my dad sort of abusing her you know and in a sense of verbal abuse he never he never laid a hand on her just always verbal and manipulation and and my brother on the same so in that sense there was division like Luke said you Mm. know in that sense you know it divided the house but I couldn't I wasn't for the sake of I still respect my dad because that's what mm. the word says, but I wasn't mm. going to stand for injustice and for, you know, yeah. the wrong thing. Yeah. So I had to stand up. It was a struggle. Two years in a little room studying and it was, but, and I went to church all the time. And that was my safe haven then, you know, and that's where I just became so close to God and so dependent. So since where I, was let's call it that baptism, or where I, where I was saved, or where I had a full conversion. I don't talk when I was at school and gave you know I I just wandered on as I always did. Mm. Where at twenty I actually turned and followed him, yeah, and that's good. the difference. And then I had a relationship with him where I sort of was just you know maybe I was just immature. I don't know, but and then constantly after that point he sort of pushed on me to. To, to trust him blindly, like in faith. So a lot of things I had to choose even though I couldn't... I said, well, this is not making any sense or this is not what I want. I don't really like to study accounting. Why do I have to study this thing now? And I wanted to go into ministry. I just, you know, was serving in a church and I just wanted to do that and that's I wanted to win souls for God. And at that stage, you just said... No. Not for you. No. And interestingly enough, it's in our day-to-day walk as we go through whatever it is that our job is meant to be, whatever God has placed in front of you for that day, you know, at the moment, what are you working as? I'm a winemaker. You're a winemaker. And did you think back then, all the way back then, that you would end up where you are? No. But along the way, if you hadn't have done all of that, would you have ended up where you are now? I wouldn't have been in Australia if I didn't study accounting. No. And and do you feel that this is exactly where God wants you to be at this moment? Yes. 
at MRBC. So good. And, you know, even though there's many churches out there and many, you know, and I said to Dama, yes, uh, we heard about um, Paul Middleton and his uh, wife got so baptized good. a week yep. back. And we're always praying for people to God bless them. You know, they left the church and they're still, they're still walking with God. There's no hard feelings. There's mm. no grudges. It's just as long as they're following God, you know, it's not about being here. Mm. My time here is here now, and for what it what it is, I've got to be faithful to God and what He's telling me in my moments. And I think when we started off last week or in the week, you asked me, and I said, "What do I have to tell you, Damo? You know, I'm not I'm not feeding the hungry. I'm not clothing the um, ones without clothes. The poor. Do I put a roof over people? I love this. No. I love this idea of the invisible poor that we have around us." Yeah, but we well, say the what poor, am I doing? You know, I'm but not we got to get in. Things. There's something that actually we always want to do this thing for these people out there, but actually, it's who God brings us into contact with. And as we come into contact with these people, God would be calling us to, you know, faithfulness, whatever that means and whatever that looks like with those people. Yeah. Sort of, but I think a lot about our walk is. <laughs> God is not calling me to Africa to to evangelize. He's not calling me to um, start up a, um, a soup kitchen or a, you know um, a house for people on the street or whatever. That's not what He's calling me. So I've got to understand. And, and and one of the main things for me was accepting myself who I am. Mm, so good. Keep going. And being faithful with what I have. Yep. And trusting Him when he puts a task in front of me. Now, God talks to everyone differently, okay? Yeah. So, but that was my, mine has always been extreme. Okay, I'm going to Australia. Where am I? I've got no idea. And, and, and you know, and going back to South Africa now, no idea. We came, I, I actually changed careers when Amika was born. No job, nothing. Minimum wage down to Margaret River, all in faith. And that's just been my journey, okay? Mm. So, um Am I holier than thou? Am I? No, I'm just normal. Let's. Yeah. I've got one last question, and I think I'm going to share a quote after I find out what your the answer is. If I think that it goes that way, and then we might end up there. But um, Quentin, um, no worries, Johan. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ was also a winemaker. Thanks, Johan. Bless you as you go. Um, just really um, appreciate the the space that we're in, and and thank you for your um, for your telling us that you're not walking out on us because we don't appreciate what we're saying up here. So good, Johan. Appreciate you. Hey, um, Quinn. Um, there is a I love what you said before about this interaction with your family and your parents and your brother and how you had to actually say no. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say no. I'm not going to um, not going to let this happen. Um, Tell me, tell me about how, how did you go through that without raging, without saying, no, I'm not going to, you know, without getting all physical, like, you know, as young, there was fit 20-year-olds. I pushed him against the wall, but then I had to pull back. <laughs> but um, now um, you're asking me this, but there was in the stage when I was still in the hostel at uni, I remember it so clearly, I, was, I went up, to the top floor was called Loeb. We had all these bourgeois, all these French names for the for the halls. So, and the guys are downstairs. You know, all my old friends. They were just 
almost drinking every day. You know, and they were down there and just saying, hey, mate, come down to us. You know, there's still a spot down here. And I, I was washing my windows. It was pretty high up. And I said, no, 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 mate, it's good here. I'm going to stay here for a bit. And in that time, I was actually with the, the prim, which is the, the leader of the, of the hostel, and a guy, a, a rabbi. We called him rabbi. He was a pastor. We, we uh, walked a close road. But God then called me to be set apart. And I think he's calling each of us to mm. be set apart from this world. Yeah. You'll be in this world, but you'll not be part of this world. And in that stage, it was a constant, you, you, oh, I had to choose, no, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going there. And there's a friend in my life, a while back, God said, walk away. And I couldn't understand it, and I, and I didn't, I didn't want to, and I look back now and I understand. So sometimes it's hard, those things, but we've got to be, you know, in faith. You've got to listen to God and walk in that faith. And you go like every day, you're like, God, I don't know why this is, making, this is not making sense. And how, to re- and how to respond, you know, in a Christ-like way or in a way that's going to honour God and honour the other person and the dignity in which they have and the dignity mm. that you have in amongst it all. Yes, um, I still had to... I was still having a barbecue with my dad. I still loved him, yeah. and I still respected him because that's what God wants. Because you didn't, you didn't mm. uh, train wreck through that situation no. with, with uh, pain. Um, I've got one quote that I want to leave us with today, and then we'll uh, we'll call it. Um, and this quote, as I've as I read through uh, my devotions this week, I came across this quote from Dostoevsky. I shared it at uh, prayer on Thursday nights. Come along to prayer; it's great. Um, but This is the quote from Dostoevsky as he's dealing with this idea of, okay, well, how do we be faithful? How do we, um, how do we uh, cut across the things that we see that aren't right in the world? Um, And this is the quote. This is from the brothers uh, Karamazov. Uh, Dostoevsky, he says this. At some thoughts, one stands perplexed, especially at the sight of men's sin and wonders whether one should use force or humble love. Let me read that, just that first bit again. At some points, one stands perplexed, especially at the sight of men's sin. And you can say other men's sin or your own sin. And wonders whether one should use force or humble love. And then he goes on, he says, always decide to use humble love. If you resolve on that once for all, you may subdue the whole world. Isn't that a picture of what Christ done? He continues on. Loving humility is marvelously strong, the strongest of all things, and there is nothing else like it. You know, and this is what Christ did. Instead of wiping out the problems with our world uh, with a heavy hand, instead of doing that, he set us an example. Um, you know, and this ties in that passage of Luke, you know, I came to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, Christ coming down, I wish I could kindle this fire and yet I have a baptism with which to be baptised in Luke twelve fifty. What stress I am under until it is completed. You know, that struggle we often go through because we're caught up in what's right rather than what God might be doing in amongst those struggles. And so there's no wonder that we have this conflict of, okay, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to, I'm going to say, no, actually, this is what I perceive to be right. Mm. 
But as I do it, I'm going to do it humbly and in love. Mm. But then even as you do that, that's going to bring conflict. Mm. So good. But God never promised, if, he, if we chose him, he never promised it to be easy. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of preachers out there preaching, um, you're going to get great wealth and all your problems be away. And no. No. Every time, you know, me standing up for God's or, or for the right thing, yeah. I've had pushback. And that's just the price. I and we've got to be ready for that. And if you're not ready for that, you know, get people to help you be ready for it because that is the way. You know, that's, that's what God asks from us, to stand up for him and to stand for what is right. And um, we can't be um, just bending and, and, and let people, you know. That's good, man. So good. <laughs> so good. Hey, would you pray for us as a church? As we move forward? I will. I wanted to share something else because my wife's there and I won't look at her. And I just want to say this thing. <laughs> Does he have permission to say the thing that you don't know yeah. what he's going to say? <laughs> no, maybe I won't. I, I think it would be too emotional. But God has brought it in my life at a, probably the, the toughest time in my life. Yeah. And That's good. Thankfulness. So good. And she stood with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, let's let's bow our heads. Quentin, can mm. you play for us as a church? Mm. Pray for each of the people in here mm. um, that God would help them in their faithfulness mm. and see those practical aspects. Mm. Yes. Lord, I want to thank you um, that we can actually share with each other our stories. And Lord, there's not enough time to st- to share all the things you've done and all the battles you've conquered. And um, Lord, you were in the middle of it all and um, in everyone's life is sitting here and I, I pray that you will um, help them to trust and, and, and to leave that battle to you, Lord. And uh, you say the battle is the Lord's and um, Lord, that they can just be still and wait on you and trust in you. Because Lord, this is how we get through those struggles, Lord, just looking to you and looking to the cross mm. and be faithful in that everyday choice and every path that, that that's set up um, in front of us every day, Lord, help us to be strong and um, to choose the small and the narrow way that you've instructed us to go. Lord, um, help us to um, get past the point of, of feeling um, just regretful and, and hateful and, 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 Lord, just feeling um, we're not worthy and we're not doing enough for you, Lord. Help us just to sit at your feet and just, just wait on you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I pray for everyone here. And may each of them um, experience that in their lives, Lord, a, a moment of, of wowness and a moment of faith and where you just come through for them mm-hmm. as we go into this week, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everyone here, Lord, and thank you for your love in this room and in this in these brothers and sisters, may we see past everyone's flaws and, and everyone's faults and may we love each other as, as just as your children. Mm. Okay. Good. In, your, in your mighty name, I pray, Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Monica. Um, I, will, uh, I will hand back over to you and, and reset for the... Uh I think this one is mine.